The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back to the show where every episode is dedicated to making you a superwoman. And today, we are going to talk about one of the peskiest glands that we may have. We're going to talk about our thyroid. I see so many patients and I talk to so many people about issues with their thyroid, and it's so important for women's health. So I am thrilled to bring you Dr. Becky Campbell. Dr. Campbell is a board-certified doctor of natural medicine who was introduced to functional medicine initially as a patient. She struggled with many of the issues that you guys struggle with today, and she's made it her mission to help patients around the world with her virtual practice. Her book, The 30-Day Thyroid Reset Plan, specializes in looking at Hashimoto's disease and hopes to help others regain their life, just as she did using functional medicine. Welcome to the show, Dr. Campbell. Thank you so much for having me. We're thrilled to have you here, and like I said in the opening, I think the thyroid is fascinating, but can it cause some problems for women when everything's not functioning well? And we certainly take it for granted. How did you become interested in the thyroid gland and how it affects women's health? Well, I started having some, you know, weird symptoms. I I never really felt great, to be honest, um, even as a kid, but this was different. I was having overwhelming fatigue. I had gained, you know, about 30 pounds pretty much overnight, it felt like. Um, and my hair was falling out really bad. And I just knew something was wrong. And I went to a lot of different doctors and nobody, you know, could figure out what was wrong because they were doing very limited testing. Um, you know, they looked at me and thought I looked fine. So they kind of brushed it off. And, you know, even at one point tried putting me on um, antidepressants, pretty much, you know, telling me it was, you know, a mental issue and not a real physical issue. So I knew that they were wrong. I knew there was something more going on. And I just kept searching until I found a functional medicine doctor. And at that time, there really weren't a lot of functional medicine doctors. And they really just looked at me in a different way. They were much more thorough. They did a a really thorough thyroid panel and thyroid ultrasound and, you know, did some other testing. And then they found out I had hypothyroidism. Wow. So once you've learned of the diagnosis, kind of what happened next? Did you get clear-cut answers? Was it easy to treat? Was it that a journey? I meet so many people who, yes, they may have the diagnosis, but the treatment itself is a struggle and a a neat strategy as well. Yeah, well, typically people are put on medication and that's all that they're given, you know, and the problem is, is that a lot of these other issues, which are triggers for thyroid disease, are what are really causing those the most symptoms. So the medication, it, it didn't really help me. I mean, at first it made me feel a little bit better, but then I actually gained a little bit more weight on it, which was odd to me. Um, and so they started to look for some underlying causes. You know, they looked at my gut because we know how important the gut is to really all health issues. Um, they looked at my adrenal function, they looked for viruses, and they found I had Epstein-Barr virus, I had really high cortisol, I had um, candida and parasites, so oh, wow. I had to go through, you know, I had, yeah, I had to change my diet, which was definitely the most important thing. They took me off of gluten, they took me off of dairy, you know, any type of inflammatory foods, and they 
um, you know, started addressing the issues that they found in the testing. So it was definitely a process, but it, it took some time, but it's what ultimately made me better, not the medication. So were you actually diagnosed with Hashimoto's as well? Was that your final diagnosis when it came to your no. thyroid or no? Okay. No, they never and diagnosed me with Hashimoto's. You know, some people don't show markers, about 20% right. of the people um, with it don't show markers. So, you know, my thyroid was inflamed, so that would technically be Hashimoto's, but they just never gave me that um, actual diagnosis. But Right. Yeah. So it was, it was hypothyroid with the diagnosis. And, um, that's why originally it was just, here's the medication, but then later we realized it, it was much more to it than that. And what medication out of curiosity were you put on initially? I was put on armor, which I was, I'm really thankful now because so many people who are put on Synthroid have a really hard time coming off of that. Um, so they did not do that. They put me on armor and I actually was able to get off of armor, you know, which a lot of people can. And I, I like to make that known to people that it's, you know, sometimes you do need thyroid hormone replacement, but, um, I was, since it was early enough, I was able to come off of it and I, I haven't been on it since, which is good. Fantastic. So you get diagnosed with hypothyroidism, you get placed on armor, you land in the functional medicine world and you get all this gut, it sounds like gut testing, nutritional testing, other hormone testing, including adrenal function. And it sounds like you've healed yourself to the point that you no longer need medication. Can you, you know, I understand sort of the physiology there and how all of that works together. Is there a way for you to kind of in a nutshell for people out there listening today and not understanding why they cannot master their thyroid and their thyroid function? Can you kind of in a nutshell draw that picture out how important it is to master each of those pieces of thyroid health and, and how that can often be the block to medication not working or not being right or needing more and more medication. Um, maybe help draw that picture for us a little bit. Yeah, well, most thyroid disease is autoimmune in nature. You know, there's, I think, 14 million Americans have Hashimoto's disease, which is the autoimmune um, thyroid condition that causes hypothyroid, you know, the number one cause of hypothyroidism. So, you know, the, the immune system, the majority of it lies in the gut. So if we have, you know, issues in the gut of our gut is not healthy environment, we have yeast overgrowth or bacteria overgrowth or leaky gut, um, that is going to cause our immune system to keep attacking us. And when you have Hashimoto's, it's attacking you as a thyroid gland. So that's why just it's really more of an immune system issue than it is a thyroid issue. So when just taking thyroid medication, most of the time that's not going to be the full answer. And like I said, some people will have to do both. They'll, they'll do the thyroid medication, but you have to address the more of a root of the problem. So for Hashimoto's, that would be the gut. Um, and then also the adrenals, you know, the adrenal glands and the thyroid gland run on the same axis. So one really plays off the other one. So you can have, you know, um, cortisol issues that drive thyroid issues and kind of vice versa. So that's why it's just really important to take a much more thorough look into what's going on. And the same thing with viruses. We're hearing so much about viruses, especially the Epstein-Barr virus and how there's different stages of the virus and how the virus can kind of reside in different organs in the body at different stages. 
And so a lot of people relate this to having um, Hashimoto's as well. So that's why, you know, when I work with people, I don't just test their thyroid. That's just one step. Then you have to look and see what are these things that are triggering the thyroid or triggering the body to do what it's doing that's, a, that's affecting the thyroid. Wow, that's so interesting, exactly what we see in practice. You know, what are some of the most common reasons you've seen for the thyroid to crash? You know, if you had to list them out, we know we know about the physiology and everything that's involved there, but is it chronic stress? Is it a bad diet? Is it, you know, chemical exposure? What are some of the things you're suspicious of that is affecting the thyroid of so many people today? For me, what I see most is first and foremost gut because the gut, again, is where the immune system lies. But it's also gut infections lead to nutrient deficiencies, and nutrient deficiencies can definitely trigger thyroid issues. Mm-hmm. So gut is, you know, where I look at probably first and foremost. And then leaky gut is, you know, most people who have autoimmune disease have leaky gut. So those are the things um, that I see probably the priority of what you would want to look at. And then it's different. You know, some, I think most of us have adrenal issues because we have so much stress. It, right. it just seems, you know, the world is changing so it's much. Rampant. So it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. People are taking on a lot more and a lot more and the stress levels are getting higher and higher and adrenal function is getting worse and thyroid issues are coming up more and more. So I think that those two areas are probably um, what I would say are the most. And diet too. Diet plays a huge role. I tell everyone, you if you can't eat healthy food, you can't expect to feel good because you can't keep putting toxins into your body with the food we're eating and expect your body to function the way that it should. And so most people, I'll start them on a diet and they'll ask, you know, well, how long is this for? And I say, well, pretty much forever. I mean, you want your body to function properly forever, don't you? You know, (laughs) so those are the most common things. So when you say healthy food, can you define that a little bit for us? Can you, you know, a lot of people think they're eating healthy, but may not be, you know, they are confused as to whether at least when it comes to the thyroid, does that mean they need to be more conscious of eating organic? Do they need to be gluten-free? Do they need to be, you know, sugar-free, follow the candida diet? There's so much information out there. If you had to, for anyone out there listening today, give them like your three must, if you've got thyroid issues, these are the three diet rules that you have to follow. What would you tell them? I would definitely say gluten is number one because, you know, our body, there's something called molecular mimicry, which I'm sure you're, you've probably spoken about a lot yourself, um, Mm -hmm. where the body is kind of, it's a case of mistaken identity. The gluten is very similar to the makeup of the thyroid. So we want to cut out gluten no matter what. If you have a thyroid issue, I really think cutting gluten out is very important. And um, for most people, dairy, you know, the casein in dairy can give people an issue. And in the book, I do talk about first cutting out dairy and then later maybe trying to introduce raw dairy since it is a little bit different. The casein is not Mm. as inflammatory as it is in conventional dairy. Um, And I think that that sugar... I get asked about that all the time. Talk us through the raw dairy piece. What's the difference and what have you seen in practice? Why is that better? Where does pasteurization fit into that equation? Um, tell me tell me your perspective on that. I'd love to know. 
it's it's just the the type of casein. So there's there's a more um, inflammatory casein, and then there's case which is found in conventional. And so what they found is if you do raw dairy, that the casein has not been changed the way that it is in the conventional medicine, or I'm sorry, in the conventional dairy. So not everybody can do raw dairy. And I, I really try to make that clear to people. I think it's best to just stay away from dairy for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I think that there are some people who their success is only as much as they can really tolerate missing out on something, you know, as far as food goes. So if they're struggling and dairy is their favorite thing in the whole world, I'll say, well, try raw dairy and see what happens. Because, you know, as we know, the the Hashimoto's is an inflammatory disease, as well as so many other diseases. So if the the raw dairy isn't inflaming you as much as or at all compared to conventional dairy, then use it. But even with that, I don't think it should be something you're doing all the time. I think it should be more occasional, kind of like a treat. Um, And then I think for the third uh, food, I kind of sugar and grains tie (laughs) for me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) sugar is just, it it can be a nightmare, you know, processed sugar, sugar from fruit and, and, you know, maple syrup and honey that can be acceptable. But so many people have blood sugar issues, which also can trigger thyroid issues and adrenal issues. So Eating sugar usually causes, you know, a lot of highs and lows. It can affect your mood. It can affect your sleep. Um, so many things. So I think that sugar is really important. You know, I would not recommend having, you know, table sugar, sucrose ever. And I'm, I'm actually even conscious of how much fruit. I think staying around 10 grams of, of fruit, you know, the sugar that comes from fruit or less is probably a good idea. And then, you know, grains can be inflammatory to the body as well, um, and they're also an anti-nutrient. So if you're already someone who is more prone to nutrient deficiency, like you are with thyroid disease, then eating something that could be um, depleting your nutrients more is probably not the best idea. So those are the things that I always ask to at least start with. Yeah, okay. and then I let so- people kind of try different things, adding back, you know, some things and, and then getting to a place where they're comfortable with eating, you know, some people will do like an 80, 20, you know, where 80% of the time they're eating perfect, like a paleo diet. And then 20% of the time they're eating some things that may not be the best. (laughs) So if you are out there today and you're listening and you are suffering from Hashimoto's or a thyroid condition, um, more than likely it's autoimmune and kind of our three rules for beginning the path to healing your thyroid are to go gluten-free, dairy-free, and begin to eliminate sugar and then grain. Is that enough work to heal the gut, Dr. Campbell, or, or would you do additional work to heal the gut at the same time? So I typically start with the 30-day reset plan, which is what I put in the book. And mm-hmm. then I also do liver support at the same time. I think that we take in so many toxins and it's really taxing on our liver and to really start to heal your body, you have to be effectively pushing toxins out. So that's what I do for the first about 30 days. And while I'm doing that, I start doing some testing based on whatever, you know, I have found in the patient's history. So it's typically I'm looking at at least the gut, if not the gut and the adrenals and the sex hormones. So 
once mm-hmm. I finish the 30 days of the liver cleanse and the um, introduction to changing the diet, if I have found issues like SIBO, which is so common, or candida or, you know, bacterial imbalance in the large intestine, I'll start working on that next. So I kind of take things in steps. Um, you know, and then whatever else I have found. But I, you know, usually, like I said before, the gut will take kind of priority over anything else. And I find, too, that with the adrenals, you know, eating the wrong foods and, and having sugar, which is, a, you know, causes an imbalance and having uh, gut issues can really, really, really contribute to the adrenal issues. So if you just remove those those things in the beginning, sometimes you don't even really have to directly address the adrenals other than those, you know, working with the diet and stuff. And what have you seen with your 30-day reset? And for everybody listening, again, the 30-day reset is in Dr. Campbell's book. But what have you seen with that? Do people, are they able over time to lower their medications, come off medication? Is there a class of medications you prefer compared to the others? Uh, Tell us what, what your experience has been. So I think with, you know, usually within the first 30 days, I see the most response as far as weight coming down, um, energy coming up, people are sleeping better. And this is my whole plan with writing this book. I wanted to give people something they can do at home. If they can't afford to work with someone one-on-one, they can't afford to do all this testing something that they can do that will almost guarantee results. I mean, I've gotten, Mm -hmm. you know, with all the patients and with people just who bought the book, I've gotten such good feedback on just those four weeks. Um, But it just depends on how long someone has been on medication. If you've been on sensory for 25 years, you're pretty much not going to come off of that. I've seen people Mm -hmm. try and it's a disaster. I mean, I've seen CSH levels going into the hundreds from that happening. So um, I don't, I I don't really think there's a one size fits all when it comes to medication. I think some people do better on armor. Some people do better on synthroid. I like nature for it. It's just, you know, less fillers than the others. Yeah. Um, That's my favorite. So I always recommend that they at least try that. But I've also seen a lot of really good results with thyroid glandulars, you know, the supplements. It's not even a medication. Um, you know, Dr. Ron's has a really good thyroid and liver glandular. Um, there's something called GTA and GTA Forte. They're really good supplements that I've seen people do great on. I have definitely seen people get off of their thyroid medication with that. But I think it's very, it can be very tricky and it can be very dangerous. And I never recommend doing it on your own. You know, definitely working with someone to help you reduce your meds first if you're even able to and then get off if you can. Gotcha. Well, before we leave today, I know so many people are going to be interested in doing the 30 day reset to see, you know, how it can impact their thyroid health. You know, another thing I want to make sure, you know, everyone catches is are the main nutrient deficiencies often associated with the thyroid as well. I know there are a lot that we see. We do a lot of that testing that you're talking about in practice. What are maybe again, let's go to our our top three. What are the top three nutrient deficiencies that you see over and over again when it comes to thyroid disease? Well, since most people with thyroid disease have gut issues, I see a lot of um, B vitamin deficiencies. They're just not absorbing it really into the gut mm-hmm. as well because of the, the gut issues. Um, definitely, definitely selenium. You know, selenium is probably the most important 
nutrients for someone with thyroid issues. But I really mm-hmm. prefer selenium-rich foods over taking a, a supplement. Um, and then, um, you know, iron and magnesium, I see those a lot. Again, just not being, you know, absorbed with the food into the gut. So those are probably the top three to four that I see. And your favorite selenium foods, what would you pick? We always say Brazil nuts, but if you hate Brazil yeah. nuts, what are the other choices for high selenium foods? Um, there's, you know, actually grass-fed beef is high in selenium. Um, wild-caught salmon is high in selenium. Chicken, turkey, eggs are very high in selenium. So there's a lot you can do with without having Brazil nuts. Brazil nuts, I think, are just the most convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, some people can't handle nuts and some people don't like them. <laughs> so, right. you know, the probably yeah, the best fan. source of nutrients and yeah, I'm not either. The, the best source of nutrients in general from food is going to be organ meat. But a lot of people don't like that either. So I would just say, you know, eggs, grass-fed beef, chicken, turkey, all those are pretty high in selenium. Organ meat. My mom used to make me eat liver. I I have trauma when I think organ meats. So I, I, I know. know how people feel when it comes to that. But I you know, the more I hate you always hate to say your mom is right, but the more I read about organ meats like liver and kidney, they're like super high nutrient sources, you know, so more iron and more selenium, more B vitamins than any supplement you could take. So she was right, but I still can't, so I just can't, I can't go there. So yeah, any other parting, yeah, same thing there. So any other, any other sort of parting thyroid advice before I let you go, you know, if, if someone who's been through it, who's sort of traversed the journey from gut to nutrition to hormone balancing and is no longer on medication anymore and now works with all these great patients, you know, anything else you really feel like somebody out there listening today who's struggling with their thyroid needs to know? I think if you feel something's wrong, you need to listen to that. You know, people are dismissed so much now um, because they're not being checked thoroughly. So, so many an example would be, you know, people not, doctors aren't, a lot of doctors aren't checking the antibodies and that, you know, the it's TSH and C4 yeah. and C3 could be fine. And if you can find someone who will look at you thoroughly and catch those antibodies early, you could never have an issue. So I would say, don't ignore your symptoms. If you know you're, you're not feeling yourself, you're right. And you need to find somebody who will help you. Um, and if you can't afford it, this is why we make things like these books, you know, at, le- at the very least, I want, you know, buy the 30 day thyroid reset plan or, you know, someone else that you trust and follow their plan and see how good, you know, if you can make a big difference, if you feel better, stay on it, continue doing that. It's not temporary. You really actually need a lifestyle change. So I think that's the best advice I could give. Well, fantastic. The book is The 30-Day Reset, The 30-Day Thyroid Reset Plan. Dr. Campbell, thank you for taking time to join us today. If you want to connect with Dr. Campbell, if you will take a look, if you'll give us that Instagram handle um, again, Dr. Campbell, for everybody to hear. Yeah, it's at Dr. Becky Campbell. And I also have a private thyroid Facebook group. It's thyroid health or thyroid support with Dr. Becky. So that's an area where you can kind of ask me questions and talk to other people who have the same stuff going on as you. Wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Campbell. We appreciate it for everybody out there struggling with your thyroid, or if you know somebody struggling with your thyroid, 
help them and let them listen to this episode. The thyroid is incredibly powerful. You have to master it to really be your superwoman self. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next time.